everything brave and bold you're fighting for us you are not distant and cold your heart is not angry or closed even in ways we don't know you're fighting for us. You won't hold back when it comes to your children. You can't fighting for us and you
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. We're going to invite you to stand with us this morning as we honor our Lord and Savior this morning. I'm going to ask you to pray with us this morning that the Lord will have his way in the service this morning and that he will move mightily in the service this morning. Let's just pray together. Father God, we come to you one more time. We want to say thanks for all the things that you have done for us, oh God. Things so undeserved, oh God, but you're truly a great and mighty God. We come in your present to worship you, to call upon your name, to praise your name, to lift up your name. Truly, God, you have been our provider, our keeper, our rock, our soul, and our shield, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us another privilege, another opportunity to be in your present, where we can worship you, where we can call upon your name. Oh God, as we give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will cleanse us, O oh God. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness and all filthiness, O oh God. Purge us, O oh God. Oh, Father God, I pray and ask you, Lord God, that there will be a movement of your spirit like never before, Lord God. Oh God, from the pulpit to the pew, we ask you anointing upon the man of God this morning as he come, Lord God, that you'll have, O oh God, your way in his life, O oh God, and that you will use him like never before, Lord God. Bless every aspect of the service, O oh God. We ask you to move upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. Let there be a flow of your spirit in the service this morning, O oh God. I pray if there's any sick among us this morning, that you will heal their body completely and that they will be whole, O oh God. Those that are in need this morning, I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you'll supply their needs this morning. O oh God, those, O oh God, that need, O oh God, things, Lord God, that they're not able to afford, O oh God. We know you are our provider, our keeper, our shield. We love you. We give you all the glory, Lord God. We give you all the honor. You are the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last. You are the immutable God. You are the only wise God. You are the one that is and that is to come. You are the one that we worship. We adore you, Lord God. We call upon your name this morning. Have your way among us, Lord. Move like never before as we give you all the glory and as we give you all, all the honor in the mighty name of Jesus to pray. And can we just give the Lord a round of applause this morning? He's worthy to be praised. Worship the Lord with us this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Somebody give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. Oh, hallelujah, I am not alone. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, praise and worship team this morning. Amen. Let's give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Hallelujah, it's truly worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Can we praise the Lord, everybody? Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. It's indeed worthy to be praised this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. Amen. We want to greet everyone this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. So glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise and to magnify the Lord with us this morning. Amen. Truly another beautiful day to be alive and well and to worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness. Indeed, is worthy to be praised. Amen. Is indeed worthy to be praised. Amen. Our online congregation, we greet you all this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I pray and hope that you're worshiping God and you're feeling what we're feeling here in the house of God this morning. So we thank you for tuning in with us this morning. Amen. Thank you for being in church this morning. Amen. Praise God. It's always a good feeling uh, to be in the house of God. Amen. So whenever you get it, get a chance and whenever it's possible and you can be make your physical present be known, you need to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. So praise God. So we're going to move forward with our service this morning. Amen. Um, I want to I do something different. I want every man that is in the house of God this morning to stand up. Every man. Amen. Young men, older men, uh, in between, stand up if you can stand. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. L- little Elijah. Come on up here, little Elijah. B- bring, bring him on up here. Yeah. Isaiah. Isaiah, come on. Say, Amen. Come on. come on up here, my Isaiah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Come on. That's all right. Come on. All right, so what, what I need, I need for every man that is here this morning to come and stand behind me. Amen. Every man that is here, just come and stand behind me. Amen. Uh, this month, as you know, this month is uh, our appreciation month for a pastor. I don't know if we have enough room. I mean, for our online congregation, for, for all the men that are out there online, I wish you could join us, but I hope you're standing behind us in unity this morning. Amen. So this morning with Sir Hannah this morning, as we all know that this month is Pastor's Appreciation Month. And um, we, we want to let Pastor know how much we appreciate him, you know, with all the things that he's been doing in this, uh, the last days that we're living in right now. He's been laboring. And we're so honored to have him as our leader. And for every good football team or basketball team, you have always, you know, the captains or you have, you know, the coach or you have, you know, and this is what we're looking like this morning. So, you know, we honor you. So I'm going to I'm going to give you all I'm going to give you all 30 seconds just to say something. 30 seconds with the exception of Brother Darrell and our pastor. Amen. Amen. 30 seconds. Amen. Say something. It's for pastor? Oh. Ah. Okay, I was in the kitchen. I don't know what's going on. No, we're grateful to have you as the men of God that's leading us. Um, this is not an easy job. Um, sacrificing what you're doing, your time, your efforts uh, to preach the word of God, to, to study the word of God, and to deliver. Um, we appreciate you. And, um, yes. Thank you. Okay, okay, yes. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Oh, oh. Praise God. Praise God. Um, man of God, love you. Appreciate you. Behind every man of God, there's also 
also a wonderful woman of God. Sister Nicola, love you. Appreciate you. All the work that you that you guys have done, not it's not a notice. It's a, it's appreciated. Uh, me and my family, we appreciate you guys a lot. And to you. Hello, praise the Lord, everybody. It's so blessed. To, to, it's so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm just, I'm blessed to be here. Um, my presence may have not been so long, but of course, Pastor Wyatt has known me actually. I think before I was born, and uh, <laughs> so uh, it's quite a blessing to be here. To first lady Wyatt, God bless you. I just want to leave this scripture, uh, Philippians one and six. Being confident of this very thing, he that has done a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Be blessed, everyone, in Jesus' name. Pastor, we appreciate you being the heart of what we are, allowing us to stay focused on Christ. I go again. You know, we really love you. We really appreciate you, and we really just thank you for all that you've done and everything that we know you'll continue to do. And as God, you know, directs you and leads you maybe into a new venture, maybe into a new place, we know that we'll be right there with you. We'll be following along. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's with this due respect and due pleasure that I'm amongst you people today. And I just want to thank God for allowing me to be here. And I want to thank God for allowing Pastor Wyatt to answer the call when he called you. And I just want to remind you today, Pastor, continue to study to show yourself approved unto God. Continue to preach the word in season and out of season. It's not an easy job. But he who has called you will equip you and prepare you for such a time as this. The scripture says we are living in perilous times. And it's here right now. We can see what's happening all at one time. But he who has called you will equip you. As you continue to look up and keep on doing what he has called you to do, the things you can't do, he will do for you. So just keep on looking to the hills from whence coming to your help. And we have your back. God bless. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. You are such an inspiration in my life. And I'm so happy for you and grateful. And he who called you is still faithful to you, that you too. And we are with you in love and prayers. You're just not a person. You're a father for the whole church. And you're blessing to us. Thank you. Good morning, church. According to Brother Tom, Pastor Wayne, Pastor Wyatt, I really appreciate you. I've known you for some years now. After being introduced by Brother Cook, you are a wonderful person. I pray that God continues to lead you as you lead this church. Thank you very much. Why? Love you, sir. Since you baptized me, I've been coming to this place ever since. And I'm going to continue coming. Thank you.
Pastor Wyatt, uh, I can't help but to uh, <coughs> address you when you were talking about gifts, and you said you only had one talent. And I could think of a million, and the list could go on, but uh, like I see perseverance, enthusiasm, verbal intelligence, you're a critical thinker, and you're a gifted public speaker. And like I said, the list goes on, and you, you're sitting on probably a $2.6 million uh, jerk chicken recipe. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but most of all, thank you for, uh, for helping me know my purpose. And growing in the Lord and just reading the scripture today, reading this morning uh, in Deuteronomy 28, when, they, uh, when the, these commanders or, or the soldiers in command, they were, they were talking to the, uh, to, the, to the troops. And they were telling them that uh, if you're frightened, if you're frightened, go home because you don't want to frighten anyone else. But I, I will say this. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I know that this church needs, uh, needs uh, more men to, uh, to be raised up and to do God's work. Thank you. Good morning. Pastor, I thank you for teaching like kids at, at my age, and you really taught a lot. And I thank you for what you done. And the first lady too. Good morning, church. Um, first lady, pastor. I want to thank you, pastor, for being my pastor and also being my mentor. And I want to thank God for sending you to find me when I was lost. Good morning, Pastor and the First Lady. Good morning. Pastor, we appreciate you and we love you. We also want to take this moment to recognize. Sometimes I wonder where you get so much hours in your days to do so many things. <laughs> but we thank you for your um, Bible teaching and your sermon. And we pray to God that he will continue to bless you, that you will continue on this journey. We love you. Good morning. Pastor, Nico, I know you. You're an inspiration to me. I love your preaching and your teaching. Not only a preacher, you're also a teacher. May God bless you and your lady. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Your lady. <laughs> Bless the Lord, everyone. Uh, so much to say. <laughs> I'm honored. I guess I'm the, the one standing beside the pastor this morning. <laughs> but I just want to say, you have impacted my life so much. You don't even know how much. I appreciate all that you have done, both in the physical aspect and the spiritual aspect. I pray that God continue to guide, keep, and protect you on your journey and that you'll be blessed each and every day.
Amen. Thank you, all brothers. You can be seated. Pastor can remain up there. Amen. I'm going to invite Sister Wyatt to come on, come on up. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Indeed, it's an honor this morning again, as we said, and we want to thank every man for their, their, their time and their wishes that they have for a pastor. Let him know how much we appreciate him. Pastor, their, you know, words are indescribable. <laughs> you know, I just don't have enough words to say um, how much we appreciate what you've been doing for us in this hour. Um, you know, but as the brothers that um, idly say what is on their heart, I greatly appreciate everyone for your every comment, uh, every best wishes to a pastor. And, um, you know, we're going to stand behind him and his wife in whatever way God calls us to be. You know, we are here to be a supportive base for whatever way. So we want him to let him know how much we love him, how much we appreciate him, and that God will continue to do um, uh, what he's doing in this house. Sister Gabby, come on up, Sister Gabby. Amen. <laughs> Um, Sister Gab, you can uh, bring the present back on. Praise the Lord, Church. Um, this is, these flowers are for our first lady. They are beautiful, just like her. And I just want to say how much we love you and we appreciate you for being never changing and how you still have that lovely spirit that you've always had from as long as I've known you and you, how you've always <laughs> approached me as beautiful and how you've always kept that same characteristic. And you're very real with everyone. And we as a church, we love that. We love how you're not only a woman of God, but you're a woman of the people. And how you present yourself holy and acceptable unto God alongside Pastor Wyatt. And, you know, we love him as well. But, you know, <laughs> for us women, sometimes we are a little more comfortable talking amongst women. And you are that person that we come to and we are feel comfortable to talk to. So we love you and we thank you. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you, my beautiful. How long has it been? time all her life <laughs> from seven years old and she's always been my beautiful I don't think I'll ever stop saying that because she is beautiful she's my Gabalisha thank you guys so very much I appreciate each one of you so very 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 much amen God bless you wait pastor that's all right and pastor you get yours <laughs> I got to do what is due unto me. Pastor, we appreciate you. We love you. The leader. The leader, sister. The leader. And as soon as we get back there, he's going to hand it to me. The leader. I got to lead by example at all times. Church, I appreciate you. I know that um, <laughs> I know that it's, um, this, this was um, a challenging event to pull off because of all that we have going but I will say that always um, realize, especially as Christians, whatever we're trying to do for the most part is always for the good. Nobody's ever doing anything um, for any other reason other than for the good. And sometimes we might, you know, get our wires crossed or we might have challenges. 
But just stop and say, why are we doing this anyway? And when you ask yourself that, you'll realize we're doing it because we want to please God. We want to be a blessing and we're just showing love one for another. So even when the wires get crossed and even when challenges are met, just know that we're all just trying to do the right thing. Amen. And so I appreciate you. I thank you for going out of your way. Um, I was telling Shauna this morning how much I appreciate her because Shauna has a business and this is how she pay her bills and take care of her home along with her husband. Um, but she has used her talent to be a blessing to our church. And I told her I can't thank her enough for that. Um, and so I just appreciate every one of you. Um, Sister Sylvia, you know that, um, you know, you've just been tremendous. Amen. Um, Brother Scarlett, you know how much I love you and your family. And all of you just appreciate you. Um, there's not one of you that are that is not significant to me. Nobody, you know, I, I try my best to be as much as I can like Jesus. And nobody's going to be more valuable to me than the next person. We're all valuable just the same because I realize that God has called us all and equipped us with gifts and talents. And I love you all um, because, you know, we, God brought us together. And we are children of God. We're brothers and sisters of Christ. And so we're going to love one another and do what we got to do. So I appreciate all of you. I thank you for taking your time and your money and whatever you give to see that this church, my family, are blessed. And I thank you so very much. Continue to do what you do. God sees it all. And know that your labor and your giving is not in vain. Amen. Sit right there. Um, Nasir, come on up. Little brother, come on up. Come on. What are y'all? Come on up. Real quick. Yeah. Come on up. Uh, you, got, you got 30 seconds. Each one of you have 30 seconds. <laughs> Take your mask off.
just know I love you and I have your best interest in everything you do. Amen. Congratulations. Thank you, brother. Morning, church. Happy Appreciation Day, Father, Pastor, all of those good things. Um, I can't put into words how much um, I appreciate you. Uh, well, I'll be here much longer than 30 seconds. Uh, might be a whole month, 30 days, and that still isn't enough. You know? um, but again, all the many hats that you wear, you wear them well. You make them all seem, you make all of the duties seem so effortless. Um, I remember in the beginning when we were having the dialogue about you becoming a pastor, I said, boy, that's a tough title, you know. And uh, however, the title that you are wearing, man, I, I, I commend you so much. It's so inspiring. It's so admirable about you. Uh, you continue to grow, and I know it's all God. Um, so I wish you nothing but success with the new building, with the continuation of this church. I can surely say everyone here drastically appreciates you. I can just understand and see the passion in everyone. It's personal. It's real. It's genuine. It's organic. Um, I love you, and God bless. All right. Give yourself a round of applause, everybody. Hallelujah. There you go, sir. Amen. All right, everybody say it's offering time. Amen. I hope you give a good offering this morning. <laughs> Amen. Um, that's word. That's word. We're going to do the offering now. I'm going to invite you all to stand. Amen. Yeah, it's there. It's all right. Um, if you're giving on the line, remember, you can go to www myccc.faith cash app ccc dollar sign ccc 2711 and uh, paypal at Christ Center Church amen if you want to pay electronically you can see Sister Patrice we have baskets in the back and in the front feel free to bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord this morning amen bow your heads with us Father God we love you we give you all the glory we give you all the honor we thank you one more time for all your goodness, your mercies, and your love. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask you to bless every giver, those who have to give, those who have not. Likewise, make a way that they too can be a blessing, oh God. We give you praises in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Amen. Pastor Wayne, we love you, and we wish you all the best. Pastor New York, the brand face, showing our appreciation for the way that you inspire us each and every Sunday. We look forward to your sermons and hope to one day get into your new church as members. We love you.
I'm Joe. I'm Barbara. We're the Koreas from Port St. Lucie, Florida. Just wanted to let Pastor Wyatt know how much we appreciate him. You know, he came, he came down uh, for personal reasons that we didn't even know about when his father was ailing. We decided we wanted to give our life to God, and we just gave him a call. And without missing the beat, you know, because he's all about God's work, he was like, okay, when I get there, we can do this. It's taken care of. So He made all the arrangements, turned the fly within a moment's notice. What was it, maybe one or two days? Yes. He took care of everything, and we appreciate that so, so much. So... So when he tells you, he will come anywhere to baptize you. He means it. He means it. <laughs> we are living proof. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor, for all you do. Yes. Thank you. We appreciate you. And we love you. And we love you, yes. All right. Happy Pastor Appreciation Day. Yes. <laughs>"...she's such a beautiful soul, with a snazzy style and filled with grace. Not only that, but I've watched this woman pray down the place. I can't imagine what it's like to walk a mile in her shoes, having to respond to so many demands. I wonder if we, the church, ever considers what it's like to be married to such a powerful man. Be a child of God, take care of your husband and kids. Oh, let's not forget look like you have it all together because the slight appearance of an attitude means you're not totally fit for the position that you are in the countless hours you clean and set up things behind the scenes running your kids to practices and attending rehearsals working a full-time job or two it's crazy how much you actually do and how sometimes we have no clue well today while we honor our wonderful pastor we also honor his virtuous wife and kids. They've all made sacrifices so that we can have a part of a pastor who is a man after God's own heart. Nasir, Richard, Peyton, and Jordan, thank you for sharing your dad. And last but certainly not least, Nicola, our first lady, our only lady, thank you for being the example mom and wife. We see you. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. amen if I can invite amen. you to stand to your feet, we're going to give the Lord some praise one more time before the preach word. You can stand and worship the Lord with us. Amen. Amen. Take control. 
Somebody ought to be worshiping him in this place this morning. Oh, you're my provider, Jesus. You're my provider, you're my way maker.
Come on, lift your voice and praise the Lord. He's more than enough, and he's working it out. Hallelujah. He's more than enough. He's more than you can ask or think or imagine. According to his power, he's working it out. He's working it out. Amen. Every once in a while, you got to tell the devil, devil, you might think you have me down. You might think you have me down, but my God is working it out. He will turn that circumstance all the way around. He will turn that situation all the way around. Sometimes you just got to laugh at the devil and say, you can keep trying. Because my God is all powerful and he has everything under control. He's working it out. Hallelujah. I greet you all in the wonderful and powerful and matchless name of Jesus. Tracy Ann, we want you to come. Keep standing. We're going to pray for Tracy Ann's baby that God will touch her, and that there will be a miraculous, miraculous healing that God will do in her baby's life. Ah, my God. Woo! Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. We're going to pray. It's okay. We're going to pray that God will touch her and do a miracle in her life, that God will loose her tongue and that she will begin to speak and that God will fill her with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, she belongs to you. You gave her life. You gave her strength. You brought her to us. Now, Lord, I pray that the power of God will move upon her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. That you will loose her tongue and that she will begin to speak. The heavenly language that you will begin to speak by the power of God. Lord, have your way. Lord, touch her. We pray for miraculous healing in the name of Jesus. By your strength, Lord God, let her be healed and be whole and speak, Lord, clearly and according to your will, according to your power, we pray. Your will be done that by your strife she will be healed. Behold and speak, Lord God, boldly in the name of Jesus Christ. 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 You get ready to speak. You get ready to speak like you've never spoken. In the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse number 14. We're going to go right into the word of the Lord, and we're going to ask God's will to be done through the preaching of the word. Again, I thank you so very much, all of you, for being so kind to me and my family. Uh, God has brought us together. And it's right when we honor each other. And so you honor me, I honor you. Uh, that's just how we're supposed to treat one another. You know, just honor each other. Make sure we encourage one another and esteem one another. And I thank you for everything. Little bro, glad to see you this morning. Amen. Always good when you can come and be in the house of the Lord. I got confidence in you and what God will do in your life. God is not through with you, with you yet, Gary. So. 
I'm not worried about it. God is not through with you yet. And so God is going to finish a work in you that is going to even blow your mind. Amen. And we thank God for that. Matthew chapter 14, verse number 14. The word of the Lord says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick in the name of Jesus. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place. I'm not thinking food anymore. And the time is now past. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Food. That was what they were talking about. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give them or give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. They didn't get grass stains. If Jesus tell you sit, just sit. You won't get grass stains. You won't need tide to get out the grass stains. And took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitudes. And they did all eat. Somebody say all. And were filled, and they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men, besides women and children. So we know the five thousand was more than five thousand. He was just listening to five thousand men. Father, we thank you for your word and for the gathering of the body of Christ in this house this morning. We're so grateful for what you have already done, what you are doing, and what you will continue to do. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. We humble ourselves this morning and we ask for the power of God to manifest in this service. That you will do a miraculous work in the heart and the mind of your people. That we will not leave this place without an encounter, without change taking place in the inner part of every one of us. Allow me to speak and teach and preach according to the word of God and by the spirit of God. I pray that the heart of every person will be open and receptive to the word of God. I thank you today for all you're doing, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name we pray. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. And also I thank you all for putting together that... Um, that video of the Brantleys in New York and the Koreas in Florida. Those are some faithful people. They're faithful in their attendance to service and they're faithful in their giving. I wish they were closer that they can be here in person because they certainly are a strong part of this church and they have really committed their lives to be a part of Christ Center Church. Brantleys, we love you. Koreas, we love you. And all the others that join us, our online congregation, we love you all and are so grateful for you. Amen. God has chosen us to establish a 21st century apostolic church that is Christ-centered in lifestyle, principle, and power in this area. That we may impact families and communities. Somebody say amen. 
the church facility that we will purchase to continue to fulfill this vision will facilitate growth, spiritual maturity in Jesus Christ, equipping of the saints of God that they can fulfill their God-given purpose, and the reaping of God's harvest. How many of you know that you have a God-given purpose that you are called to fulfill? There is not one person in this congregation today, I don't care how faithful you are or how faithful you are not in Jesus Christ, God has called you to the kingdom because you have a specific purpose in Jesus Christ. You have a purpose to fulfill, and God has called you to the kingdom to fulfill that purpose. Every one of us should be saying to ourselves, God, what is that purpose that you have called me to the kingdom to fulfill? So many of us want to truly be a part of something meaningful. So many of us want to be recognized for contributing to something that is valuable. Well, I'm here to tell you, God already thought about that before he created you, and he already put into you what you are supposed to do but only way you will be able to do it is by going to God and say God I need you to show me I need you to help me to understand what it is that you are calling me to do what is my purpose in you we as a church will evangelize our communities by sharing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ with love and make disciples of Christ by teaching biblical truth. Somebody say amen. amen. We will provide solutions for addictions. We will provide solutions for unmanaged anger. We will provide solutions for crime, for hate. We will help our children and youth to grow and develop spiritual disciplines and maturity that they may fulfill their God-given purpose in this life. We will minister to our seniors and provide assistance for them that they are able to make their medical appointments, go shopping, and engage in activities that they enjoy. We will host weddings, funerals, baby dedications, and special events for our church family. We will be the hub and support for many future church plants in our local surrounding communities in this nation and even overseas. We are a 21st century apostolic church. We are a tongue-talking church. We're a Bible-believing church. We're a faith-filled church. We are the church that believe in miracles, signs, and wonders. We are the church that believe and know that there's only one God, and his name is Jesus. We are a 21st century apostolic church who is Christ-centered in lifestyle, principle, and power. In the way we live, we're going to be Christ-centric. In the way we, our principles of life, will be christ centric and the power that will be manifested among us it will be christ-centric because we are a 21st century apostolic church that god has established in this vineyard sacrificing financially to give that we may purchase the building the facility that we are currently in contract with to purchase will afford us the privilege to facilitate this God-given vision and mission. As you can look around and see, 
that if you invited someone today, any family members, any neighbors, any co-workers, anyone you go to school with, if you invited a few, if every one of you invited one person to join you this morning, where would they be? Where would we put them? So that's why we're talking building. That's why we're talking that we have to get a bigger facility because people need Jesus. And when we reach them, where are they going to go to be discipled? Where are they going to go to learn their purpose in life? Where are they going to go to be holy? Where are they going to go to have fellowship with clean Bible-believing, apostolic believers? Where are they going to go in this area if we don't stand up and say, God, use us to reach them, use us to minister to them where would they go and so we read the text in Matthew about Jesus feeding the 5,000 or as we want to be correct to say the over (laughs) 5,000 I want to talk to you on this topic give what you have to Jesus give what you have to Jesus. I know initially you hear that topic and some people might begin to say, yep, typical church. They want you to always give up your money. They always want to get you to give and all of that stuff. Well, I'm here to tell you, just relax for a minute. Listen to what I have to say and let's see if it's just the typical, you know, look what we're doing. I want you to know that when you give Jesus, what you have, he will do the miraculous with it. Jesus and his disciples desperately needed rest, yet the needs of the multitude touched his heart. The word for touching his heart in this particular context translate, he was moved with compassion. Literally means to have one's inner being stirred. When you hear the scripture talks about he was moved with compassion, what it's saying is his inner being was stirred. It is stronger than sympathy. So while somebody might have sympathy for someone else, and that's fine and that's good, but what you want to be is moved with compassion. Because when you're moved with compassion, it means your inner being is stirred. It means your inner being is challenged. And so Jesus was moved with compassion. The word is used 12 times in the gospel, and eight of these references reference Jesus Christ. Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the needy multitude. This is the scripture that talked about they were like sheep. They were lost sheep needing a shepherd. That's the time in in Matthew where he says, the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the needy. But here is how he made it clear for us in this particular text that I'm sharing with you. He was moved with compassion when he saw the needy multitudes. Why? They were like sheep. That had been lacerated from brutal fleecing, torn, exhausted, and wandering, and had no shepherd to guide them and care for them. Church, when we become moved with compassion, like Jesus was moved with compassion, when you begin to walk in your neighborhood and you realize people aren't saved, when you go to work and you realize people aren't saved, when you walk in a certain community and you realize they aren't saved, when you go places and realize people aren't living for Jesus. You're supposed to be moved with compassion to say, God, how will we get them to 
receive your word and to be challenged to change and to receive care and to receive direction and guidance. God, how do we get there? Because you will be moved with compassion. And when we're moved with compassion, every time we look around and realize people don't have Jesus, we're supposed to be saying, God, I'm moved with compassion. How can I help them, almighty God? Jesus was moved with compassion when he looked out and realized there were sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. Jesus was moved with compassion. We say all the time, I want to be like Jesus. If I want to be like Jesus, then I too, you too, need to be moved with compassion. That when we look out and see people hurting, when we look out and see people lost, when we look out and see people are just wondering and have no place, no direction, then we need to be moved with compassion to say, God, how can we help them? Twice, he was moved with compassion when he beheld the hungry multitudes without food. The two blind men and the leper who stirred his compassion as did the sorrow of the widow at name. Jesus used this word in three of his parables. The king had compassion on his bankrupt servant and forgave him his debt. And we ought to forgive one another. If we're going to be like Jesus, there are going to be times where you need to forgive. Sometimes we want to hold on to who is right and who is wrong. I'm here to tell you today in the kingdom of God, it's not so much about who is right or who is wrong. But it's about having compassion. It's about being forgiven. It's about letting someone know it's all right. Instead of trying to win the fight, instead of trying to win the battle, we need to just say, Jesus, I want them to be free. I want to be compassionate towards them. The Samaritan had compassion on the Jewish victim and cared for him in love. Church, if you are not good to your brothers and sisters, Jesus will use a total stranger to be good to them. Because God says in his word, the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You don't have to show me goodness and mercy, but because Jesus is the one responsible for goodness and mercy for my life, if you don't treat me good, if you don't show me mercy, God will send a total stranger to show me mercy, to show me goodness, because God promised us goodness and mercy. But I'm here to tell you, let's not let a stranger show goodness and mercy to the children of God. Let's all show goodness and mercy to one another. Let's show goodness and mercy to each other. And let's not let's not look outside of the church for goodness and mercy. The father had compassion on his wayward son and ran and greeted him when he came home. Oh, my God. I said that the other day. I said, you know, I tell my kids there is no way I tell my kids this. I am not going to spend my life serving God, reaching for everybody, and not make sure I'm reaching for my kids. Now, it's up to them what they do, but they ain't never going to be able to say their daddy don't reach for them or their daddy is not going to make sure they're okay. They're my children, and guess what? I'm going to do everything that I can to let them know I love them and be there for them and lead them to Jesus. 
That's the way it got to be. That's the way we all need to be with our children, our family, that we got to let them know that we're here for them. We got to let our family know we love them. Yes, we're not going to be putting up with their mess and their nonsense. But they're going to know we love them. They're going to know we love them. So here's the deal. You know what? I, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. I tell my children all the time, if you want to borrow my money, I need to know your business. Y'all, I'm giving y'all something today. I tell my kids all the time, you will never have to worry if you need money from me. I got you. I'm your daddy. That's what I'm here for. So you need to borrow? I got you. But what are you doing with it? Sure, what are you doing with it? You know, I can't just give you my money and turn my back. No, I need to know what you're doing with it. And I want to know what I'm getting it back. <laughs> Somebody know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Somebody know what I'm talking about. I got them. I got them. My kids not going to suffer as long as I'm living. But guess what? I'm going to be all up in your business. <laughs> Help us, Holy Ghost. And so we need to exemplify these attributes, characteristics of Jesus. He had compassion, and so should we. We should have compassion on people. We should not. We, we should be stirred like Jesus was. Our inner being should be stirred when we see people in helpless situations, in, in disadvantaged positions. They're misguided and lost, and they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We should have compassion and reach out to them. Certainly the disciples knew that Jesus was powerful enough to meet the need, yet they did not turn to him for help. Hmm. I've done that before. Instead, they took inventory of their own food supply. A lad had five barley loaves and two fish. And their limited treasury, limited financial situation, when they considered the time, the evening, the place was desolate, they came to the conclusion that nothing could be done to solve the problem. Church, I got to tell you a little secret that I've learned about the Lord. Until you go to him and ask, he's just waiting and he's not going to just get in your business. Because unless you get him into your business, back to my children, once you tell me you need something from me, you put me in your business. Now, if you don't want me to be in your business, just keep doing your thing on your own. But the moment you come and says, hey, dad, I said, okay, I need the whole story. Nothing but the story. <laughs> I want the whole story. Well, that's the same thing with Jesus. You're going to ask him. You're going to have to be honest. You're going to have to tell him the truth. You, you go to Jesus, and, and, and until you open your mouth and say, Lord, will you? He says, ask. Seek. Knock. And so you got to go to Jesus and ask Jesus. So a lot of times we're standing around or sitting around wanting Jesus just to work a miracle. And Jesus is saying, until you ask for the miracle, I'm not working the miracle. Their counsel to the Lord was, send them away. Because when they check their resources, when they check to see what they can do, they realize that they didn't have enough to feed the over 5,000. So they was like, yo, Jesus, let's just send them away. How, like many of God's people today, we, when we realize we can't do something, we just abandon ship. 
we abandon ship when we feel like, well, I can't do that. Or we crook and hook to get it, but, but, but we don't look to Jesus for him to work it out. We either try to work it out on our own or we abandon ship. Sometimes people don't come to church because they don't want to hear what God has to say to them. So they abandon ship because they want their own way. The kingdom of God is not like Burger King. For some reason, it never dawned on these disciples that they need to look to the master. Jesus watched his frustrated disciples as they tried to solve their own problems. But he himself knew what he was intended to do. He's watching them. He said, I got this, but I'm going to watch them. Mm Mm-hmm. He wanted to teach them a lesson in faith and surrender. Note the steps we must take in solving our problems. So they finally figured out how to solve the problem. They tried it on their own and they could not solve the problem. So they finally figured out how to solve the problem. They saw a kid in the crowd with five loaves and two barley fishes. Our five barley loaves and two fishes. And say, hey, little man. Can you imagine? Hey, little man. How you doing? They didn't take his lunch from him. They said, come with us. You know? They, they, they said, come with us. See, 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 see the difference? That's why in the way that you will always hear from this church, the leadership of this church will always lead you to Jesus. We don't want nothing from you for us. We want to lead you to Jesus. And we don't want you to misunderstand why we're asking you what we're asking you. No, we're going to lead you to Jesus. And so they had the little boy, come on, led him to Jesus. And Jesus was like, what do we have here? Five loaves, two fishes. Uh-huh. And so that's how we solve our problems. Bring them to Jesus. Cast your care upon me, for I care it. That's how we solve our problem. So we start with solving our problem with what we have. A lot of times we're dealing with situations and the first thing we think about is do we have the means to get it worked out? And a lot of times we don't have the means to get it worked out. And so we're thinking about, okay, maybe I can borrow some money. Maybe, you know, I can go work a second job. Maybe I can do something to get this worked out. But the first thing Jesus wants you to know is this. You need to say, but what do I have? What do I have? I remember when Moses was before the Lord, when God had called him to go and deliver the children of Israel from slavery. I remember Moses was complaining and just talking about why he can't and what he can't do. And God said, what you got in your hand? God doesn't change. That's why the Bible says God does not change. And way back then in Exodus, when God said to Moses, what do you have in your hand? And all Moses had was a staff. God says, that's good enough. And God started from there. I'm here to tell your church, whatever you have is good enough. And God will start from there. But you got to start with understanding that it starts with me saying, God, this is all I have. And whatever you have, you need to start with that and bring that to Jesus. 
What do you have? And what you have, that's what you bring to Jesus. You want more? You want to get, well, let me, let me get some more or let me do this. No, Jesus said, what do you have? I'll go further and say to you, some of you are saying, but I'm a mess. I, I'm just all, you know, I, I, I can't get it right. I'm always doing wrong and I'm living this way. And Jesus is saying, but what do you have? And the answer is, but you have yourself. The answer is you have yourself messed up at all, you have yourself. Not good at all, you have yourself. Broken at all, you have yourself. Hungry at all, you have yourself. Partying at all, you got yourself. Bring that to Jesus. Bring yourself to Jesus. That's all he wants. But he can't make you bring yourself to him. You have to willingly bring yourself to Jesus. What do you have? What do you have? Because that's all God is asking you. What do you have? And so the first thing you need to realize to solve your problems is ask yourself, what do you have? Andrew found the lad who had a small lunch and he brought the lad to Jesus. Was the boy willing to give up his lunch? That's the next thing now. Notice, identify what you have. Then the next question is, are you willing to give it up to Jesus? So you want to know simply sometimes what's wrong with our, 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 what's our problem, what's our issue? We don't want to give it to Jesus. We want to control it. And so if you want to know what the issue is, we don't want to give it to Jesus. That probably be, that, that's probably the issue in all of, just trace your life and find out, well, why am I not? Why, why is this not? Because you didn't give it to Jesus. I told the church this morning, and I'm telling you, the Bible says we must love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and that we must love our neighbor as ourselves. Listen to me carefully. Jesus is calling you to love him more than you love yourself. Let that percolate a little bit so you can say, no, that doesn't sound right. The Bible says God is love. Whatever love you understand, it's not good enough for you. Whatever love you know on your own, that's not good enough for you. Because your love is tainted in some way. Your love is biased in some way. Your love is just not the love that you need to have. The Bible says God in love is love, and they that know God know love. We need to have God in our heart and in our life. That's the love we first need, and that's the love that will help us to love him more than we love ourselves. Why is that so important? Because God loved you before and more than himself. What do you mean by that, preacher? Why would God leave heaven, Brother D, and, and manifest it as human? He already sitting on the throne, foot up, angels already worshiping him, living large. Why would he want to become a human and come to this life? Why would he want to do that? Anybody got an explanation? It simply means that's how much he loves you. That's the explanation. That's how much he loves you. So he's not asking you to do something 
that he's not willing to do that he has not already done. So when you live for God, you need to love God more than you love yourself because you don't love yourself enough for what you deserve or how you deserve to be loved. This is why we all messed up and we don't have God because so many things we say we do out of love and it ain't really out of love. It's out of our bias. It's out of our desire. It's out of what we do, we want. It's not out of love, but that's what we know as love. The love that we demonstrate is the love that we know, not the love of God, because when you know God, then you know love in its fullest terms. You, you, you know love in a different way. But the love that we have without Jesus is just, it's, 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 it's bias. It's, it's not real love. It's, it, it just, our, our feelings, our emotions get caught up in that. Yes. Give what you have to Jesus. When the little boy gave Jesus his lunch, Jesus took the simple lunch, blessed it. And shared it. The miracle of multiplication was in the hands of the Lord. All right. Little is much if God is in it. And so, what little you have when you put it in the hands of God, it multiplies. I tell you over and over all the time, the money that I make on my job should not provide the lifestyle that I live. I should be living away less than how I'm living with what I work on the job. But when I put what I'm supposed to put in the hands of God, little is much if it's in the hands of Jesus. And so I'm telling your church, whatever you got, you need to bring it to Jesus and put it right in his hands because little is much in the hands of the Lord. Little is much in the hands of the Lord. Jesus broke the bread and gave the pieces to the disciples, and they in turn fed the multitude. We have to obey what God tells us. We have to obey what God tells us. The disciples had the people sit down, and, 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 but this is what Jesus had ordered. They took the broken piece. A lot of times, God is trying to set us up for a miracle, and we just don't want to do the things that God is telling us to do. Can you imagine? Maybe um, my son would have did this. Jesus tell him, sit down on the grass. Nah, 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 nah. I'm not sitting on no grass. You know, because you, you, know, you got something on nice. You know, sit on the grass. Nah, I can't sit on the grass. And sometimes we don't realize it's the little things that we don't do that we miss out on the blessings of God. We're thinking that, oh, no, no, just do what you're told to do. Because when God tells you something, it's going to be a great something that will happen after that. Just do what God tells you. Oh, man, we live so much by the things of this society and by the things of this world. When are we going to disconnect ourselves from letting society and the things of this world and our emotions control us? When are we going to get away from that and realize it is so much liberation to just live for God and put everything in the hands of God? You're so liberated when you're living with everything being in the hands of God and knowing that whatever God tells me is all going to be good. It's all going to work out because I put it in his hands. 
if we give what we have to him, he will bless it, give it back to us for the use of others. Yes. I always say this. I've said this over the years. If you're blessed and nobody is blessed by you being blessed, you're not blessed. <laughs> if you are walking around saying you blessed, but nobody else is blessed from you being blessed, you're not blessed. When you bless, others are being blessed because you're blessed. That's the way God does it. I'm just giving you God's principles. When you are blessed, then others around you will be blessed. Because when God blesses you, it's a blessing that will spill over to others. You walking around saying you bless, and nobody else around you is blessed, is a problem. That might not be a Jesus blessing. That might be a you blessing. I wonder how many of the pieces the lad took back home with him after all the feeding. I wonder how much of it the lad took back home. Can you imagine you went to this meeting and, man, you knew that the meeting was going to be long, so you had your little lunch with you? And you, you, like a nice little child, you gave up your lunch, even though when you looked at all the people, you were like, this makes no sense. How is my lunch? Five loaves and two fishes was going to feed over 5,000 people. That's impossible because I'm going to eat it and I'm still going to be a little bit. As a matter of fact, after I get done eating it, I might need something sweet. So the bottom line is that lunch was only good enough for him and he still needed a little bit of sweets with it. So how in the world will I, that doesn't make sense for me to give up my lunch for, for over 5,000 to be fed and I can eat it and still won't be totally full. I love it when we like to say things don't make sense. <laughs> I love it. Because whenever we start talking about things don't make sense, it means that, you know what? We're starting to walk in the flesh now. <laughs> yeah, we're in the flesh because we, we like, when we start examining stuff and start, you know, kind of using our own intellect, our own mind to try to, you know, the, you know, the, you know discern what, what's going on. And this don't make sense. Uh-uh. Just give it to Jesus because it won't make a whole lot of sense to you. Give it to Jesus because Jesus knows what to do with it. He is the one that created it. He is the one that multiplies it. So you just give it to Jesus. It might not make sense to you, and that's correct because you're not Jesus. So because you're not Jesus, it doesn't make sense to you. But when you give it to him, he will make sense out of it for you. Mm -hmm. We have to give to Jesus what we have, and oftentimes it will be a sacrifice. Oftentimes what Jesus requires or what we need to give to Jesus is a sacrifice. It's not easy. A sacrifice can be defined as this. When you love something dearly, I mean, love it dearly. You normally sacrifice for it. But what Jesus is telling you when he tells you to give and, and, and sacrifice, he's saying, I know you love that. But the sacrifice is to give to something you love more than that. So when you really sacrifice, what you're saying is, I'm giving to this over here what I used to give to this because I love this more. Uh-huh. So what do you mean by that, preacher? I love my life, but I love Jesus more. 
Do you know that David talked about that? I can't give you a scripture right now, but David loved God more than he loved life. Ooh, it got quiet in here. You know why? David was walking in wisdom. Let me give you David's wisdom. If God is life and he's the giver of life, why not love him more than life? Because he can always give me back life every time I lose life. Come on, y'all. Y'all so far behind. Y'all, y'all so far behind in understanding why it's important to love God more than you love yourself and love this life. Why? He is the one that brought life to you. So guess what? When I love him more, I can never die. Oh, man. We're... When you love God more than self, you can't die. Because he's the one that gives life. But if you love self more than God, you're going to have to sustain your life. And when time comes for you to die, you're certainly going to die. All right. Let me move on. Y'all don't like that one. <laughs> Y'all don't like that one. <laughs> Y'all don't like that one when I say you got to love Jesus more than you, you love yourself. Because Jesus is life. And if you're going to have wisdom, you love life more than you love life. Brother Scarlett, you love life more than you love life. Jesus is life. I'm going to love him more than I love this life of just existing. What we're doing here without God is just existing. But when we get in God, we find purpose. Do you just want to exist or do you want to have purpose? Because without Christ, you exist. But with Christ, you have purpose. In John chapter 12, verse number 24, I'm getting to the end here. It says, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth not just fruit, not just fruit, much fruit. Uh huh. Jesus used the image of a seed to illustrate the great spiritual truth that there can be no glory without suffering, no fruitful life without death, no victory without surrender. Of itself, a seed is weak and useless, but when it is planted, it dies and becomes fruitful. There is both beauty and bounty when a seed dies, a fruitful or a fulfilled and fulfill its purpose. So when a seed dies, that's when it fulfills its purpose. When a seed dies, that's when it fulfills its purpose. If you living and enjoying and everything going good and you never die, you will never fulfill your purpose. Uh-huh. How did Jesus fulfill his purpose? When he came, he didn't fulfill his purpose. When he healed the sick, he didn't fulfill his purpose. When he raised the dead, he didn't fulfill his purpose. It's when he died and rose is when he fulfilled his purpose. So we have, we have the principle. We, we, we have the work of seeing that the way anyone fulfilled their purpose is by dying. Sacrifice normally represents dying. You want to fulfill your purpose? You got to die. Uh-huh. If a seed could talk, it would no doubt complain about being put into the cold, dark earth. But the only way it can achieve its goal is by being planted. Nobody likes to die, not even a seed. 
Nobody wants to die. So, you know, you know, you start saying die. Get out of here with that. Nobody wants to die. But if you care about fulfilling your purpose as to why you exist, then you will die. God's children are like seeds. They are small and insignificant, but they have life in them. God's life, not your life. However, that life can never be fulfilled unless we yield ourselves to God and permit him to plant us. We must die to self. Until you become faithful in a local church, you, you're not even close to dying. Because here's the deal. The deal is, Jesus has to plant you in a local church. That's where the death comes in. That's where the death comes in, is he plants you in a local church. Uh-huh. And when he plants you there, remember now, this, you know, you get put in the earth. You know, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Okay? So he plants you in the church. That means now you are dying to self. But if you really follow and obey him, guess what? You are going to bring forth much fruit where he plants you at. We must die to self so that we may live unto God. The only way we have a fruitful life, I say it again, the only way we have a fruitful life is to follow Jesus Christ in death, burial, and resurrection. Church, we survived without iPhones. We survived without mobile apps. We even survived without telephone in the house. We survived without cars. We survived without bus and trains and planes. We survived many, many thousands of years without all of the things that we have now. So don't fool yourself in thinking, you ready for this? All the people that, that came up with the invention of all the things that we enjoy today, that they contributed to life. Not the way God intended. You might be, oh, the guy that... Uh, light, cars, and off. Thank God for that. Not mad at them. But that's not real contribution in this life. Real contribution is impacting somebody's life so one day they will spend eternal life in heaven. That's real impact. That's real impact. That's how we impact people's life. I'm not telling you I'm not thankful for all the, the, the things that we have. Thank God. Even though sometimes I curse them. I ain't lying to you. Because, because what about you? I don't even have it. I left my phone home today. Thank God. But anyway, um, some days, all the apps, Cheryl, you turn on the phone, phone either frozen, or you can't get through on an app, or you can't do something, and you're just constant. You got to shut it off and start it up again. And I just say to myself, I shake my head, I says, we are now controlled by devices, and when they don't work, we're stuck. And I get so mad, you know, because I'm like, I guess we can't do anything about it. We, you know, it just controls everything. And I'm like, I guess we can't. But some, every once in a while I get so livid about these, these electronic things because I realize that they don't work sometimes when you want them to work. I'm walking in the Starbucks. I'm getting ready to use the app. And all of a sudden it's frozen. I'm in the line trying to get to, get, trying to, get to my app to order. It's frozen. And I'm like, electronics. So 
while I'm, you know, I don't have a choice. I got to go with the flow because this is just what our world is. But believe me, contribution in this life is not all of this stuff that we think. Everybody want to get rich by contributing to the world, to, to, to easy life. Because that's all we're doing now. All our generation is doing is trying to figure out a way how to make life easier so they can make money off it. Yeah, y'all quiet. It's okay. And so that's how we're figuring. Nobody, you know, listen to me. Listen to me real quick. Matthew, go be a doctor. I need you to be a doctor. But here, I need some people to start saying they're going to be farmers. Who's going to be farmers? You can't find no young person today that says, I want to be a farmer. Why? Why? But, but how do we eat? I'm missing. Nobody's wanting to be a farmer, but how are we going to eat? See what I mean? We just caught up in all of this stuff and don't realize what the, what the real contribution to, to society really is. It's not what you think. Our real contribution to society is helping somebody know Jesus. Our real contri- contribution to society is help to reach the lost. That's real contribution to society because we can exist without all the other stuff we think we, can do, we can't do without. Nowadays, we can't do without this, we can't do without. We can do without it if we really want to. In these words, Jesus challenged us today to surrender our lives to him. Note the contrast, loneliness or fruitfulness, losing your life or keeping your life, serving self or serving Christ, pleasing self or receiving God's honor. That's where we are. This brings us back to the little boy and his lunch that he gave to Jesus and what it produced for all the people that were there. Whether it's our food, our life or our money. If we put in the hands of the Lord Jesus what we have, he will multiply it. Not add it. He will multiply it. It will be given and we will, dis- we will distribute it. God has called us to be distributors and not manufacturers. What God is entrusting you with, he's entrusting you with it to distribute it, not to manufacture it, not to keep it to yourself. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm closing here. And so I say all this today to help you and to let you know that today as we come to you for this commitment Sunday of us changing eternity for somebody and probably even for ourselves. Because I don't know how many of us know if we're saved or not saved right now. And so when we decide that we are going to purchase this building And we're going to build it out for a church where people can come in and get saved. Here is what I want you to understand, that if you want your children to be saved, where are you going to bring them to right now? We can't sit on top of one another like we used to do before. So if you bring your children in, where are they going to get, get, where are they going to be seated? If you bring your nieces and nephews in, your aunts, your uncles, when you bring guests in, where are they going to be in this church? Or you just want your aunt and uncle. Because here's the truth. There is not a lot of apostolic churches in this area that you can say, let me bring my family so they can know Jesus and get saved and they can do God's will. So where are you going to bring them to? And so here's why we're talking about what we're talking about today. And so today I am asking you to partner with us. We're all here to be stewards of what God has entrusted us with. All that you have belongs to God. And so now you're just going to be good stewards over it. And so I'm asking you to partner with us and give a sacrificial offering 
for us to purchase this property because it's for people to be reached. Here is the beautiful, beautiful compounds. See how beautiful it is? 17,000 square feet. And you, 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 you don't get to really see it. It doesn't do justice like this. You got to go inside for it to get justice from it. When you go inside and you see how wide open it is, when you go inside and you see how nice it is, and, oh, man, it's, it's beautiful for us to do everything we need to do. Kimora, you will have a place where you can bring your friends from school and say, y'all got to come to my church. Our youth center is so nice. That's what this is for. This is not for me. This is not for some of us. This is for all of us. And so we are trying to purchase this. We are in contract for this building right here. And I want you to partner with us and give. You should have one of these uh, what we call commitment cards. And if you don't have a commitment card, um, someone was, will, will, will come around and give you a commitment card. I thought I had a commitment card up here. Oh, here it is. And if, so, if you don't have a commitment card, someone will come around and give you a commitment card. I'm closing here, but what I'm trying to get you to understand is to give to the Lord what you have. And God wants to bless some of us financially and not to mention spiritually. Because when we are able to facilitate the growth that God wants to give us, this is where we will be. And so I want you to fill this out. If you want to give a one-time offering, and I'm not talking about just give some out of your abundance. Some of you can just write a check right now for 2000 and it's no big deal. Boop, boop, boop. No big deal. I'm talking about a sacrificial offering. I'm talking about one that may, you know, might hurt a little bit. But if you do it cheerfully, God is going to give back to you multiplied. God is going to give to you. He's going to multiply what he gives to you. So it's not even like God is telling you to give and you're not going to receive. So I want you to get this, fill it out, your name, address, the city, state, zip code, email address, phone number. Now, what you want to do is if you want to give the offering, we're not taking the offering today. In two weeks time, you can bring a down payment of the offering or you can bring the offering at that time. And so in two weeks, which is November 7th, you can come with your one time offering, whether that be 5,000, 10,000, 25,000, 100,000, 200,000. A million dollars, 1.7 million, whatever it is, whatever it is, you've come back in two weeks and you can either give the one time offering or you can make the down payment toward what you plan to give. Now, on this card, listen up on this card, it says that it gives you a two year period for you to continue to give till you give the total. Now, hear me out. We want to purchase this property in the near future. I'm talking about, you know three, four months, we want to get this property. So if you can commit to giving whatever you're going to give in the next four months or six months, we would love for you to do that. If you can't, that's fine. Just, you know, be rational here. If you can't, that's fine. Give it over the period of time that you can. The point is, we want you to make a commitment and I want you to give. If you're going to give $100,000 over, over the next six months, all you have to do is divide that by weekly. How many weeks is in, you know, how many times you want to give? You just divide it by that or divide it by monthly, and then you'll know how much money you will give each week or each month, and you will continue to give it. 
I will continue to remind you throughout the months as we go through this process. I will give you follow-ups as to where we are with the property. Right now, we're with the property. The pro- everything is at the township. The township is going to give us pretty, in the near future, what we call a use variance. Once we get the use variance, then it's time to make the purchase. So right now, we're waiting for the township to, to approve the use variance. And once that's done, we're going to sit at the money table. And so that's why we would like for you to give it as quick as possible. So give this morning. Fill this out. Amen. Let me wa- watch. I'm fill it out. I'm giving you time to fill it out. We're done here. So here you go. You fill it out. Your name. Uh-huh. Address. Uh-huh. Everybody. I want everybody to participate. Don't run out of here. Amen. I Listen. They, I saw something that someone posted the other day, last night, and I was going to read it to you, and I thought it was interesting. Um, let me try to remember what they post. It was a quote from Brother Tinney, and Brother Tinney said, after Jesus fed the 5,000, later on, only 500 followed him. Only 500 followed him after he fed them. Isn't that interesting? And what Brother Tinney said is, the closer you get to the cross, the fewer the people. Because as, as, as God starts leading you to the cross, you start realizing it takes sacrifice to get close to Jesus. When you start realizing that it takes sacrifice to get close to Jesus, some people start backing away, backing away, backing away. But church, living for Jesus is the only way to live. There's no other way to live. Don't back away because Jesus is telling you to put your money in his hands. Some of us put money in, money in the stock market. We put money in our bank accounts. We put money in our pocketbooks. We put money in our shoes. We put money in our vehicles. We put money in all kinds of things. But the bottom line is, there is no better place to put money than in the kingdom of God. Because you don't get any better dividends than what you get in the kingdom of God. So fill this thing out. Still filling it out. Mm-hmm. If you're online viewing, you can do the same thing. As a matter of fact, some of our online people already did their thing. This is how um, committed our online folks are. They already did their thing. My God. All right. So... While I'm doing this, next week, a good friend of mine will be ministering at this church. Um, Brother and Sister Dibble will be here. They're going to be here Thursday evening at 730. They're going to be here Friday evening at 730. And they will be here Sunday morning at the 9 a.m. service and the 1030 service. Please come out and and God will speak to us. You know what's interesting when you get um, people in, ministers to come in and minister? They don't know what's going on in our church. They don't know what's going on in your life. And so when they come in and they begin to say something, you know God is speaking to you. So we want you to come out and hear from the Dibbles this coming week. All right. If you're done filling it out, here's what I want for you to do. I want you to do like I do. Here I am. Turn it down. Don't face it up so nobody get in your business. Turn it down. And I want you to bring your commitment to what you will give to our REACH program. Come on and give. In Jesus' name, thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your giving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is making history in in this church. You will be able to say, I remember when we were in the fire station. I remember when we were in that fire station. We some days we were just cramped up in there when we we made everything work. We used the kitchen for a kitchen. We used the kitchen for a conference room. We used the kitchen for an office. We used the kitchen to sell beef patties. We used the kitchen to go count money. We used the kitchen to do everything. I don't know how that kitchen does everything. But we will be able to say how we used every inch of that building. And God gave it to us. And guess what? We made the best of it. Church, I thank you for giving. Stand with me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray abundance of blessing for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity, for our commitment that we give to you. We're giving because we want to see the kingdom of God expand and advance. There are so many people that are lost, and it is your will that they're saved. And Lord, we're giving to the mission and the vision today, for we want your will to be done. But God, we know that you owe no man. And Lord, as we have given, you will give back to us. You are a multiplier of goods. And oh God, we pray, I pray that you will multiply and give back to every person that has given. That they will see abundance of blessings financially that will be poured into their life, into their homes. Bless them, Lord God. Open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that they will not have room enough to receive it, Lord God. I thank you today, Lord God, for the, oh God, the response of your people, the obedience, the faith response where they've come and have given to you. Now, Lord, will you multiply this, Lord God? Oh, Father, that your will be done, that your kingdom come. Oh, Father, we thank you today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Also note, if you're looking to donate stocks and bonds, while there are many great um, ad- advantages for donating stocks and bonds to, to, um, to, to us, to the, to the IRS, I guess. I'm trying to read Brother Isaiah's handwriting. But if you would like to donate stocks and bonds to our church, you can do so. Just come and see us, and we will show you how you may do that. Brother Isaiah will help us with that process. But you can donate stocks if you want. You can donate property if you want. Whatever you want to donate. You can donate it. We want to make it available. Here is the other thing. Your situation can change. And so today you might be here to say, I really don't have it. Still give something, whatever you have. Remember, I said, whatever you have, put it in the hands of God. I didn't say, you know, give what you don't have. I said, whatever you have, put it in the hands of God. And so your situation may change where you might not have what you thought you have, and you're going to have to change your amount that you committed to. That's fine. But your situation can also change when you come into some money and you want to change and give more. Think about that as well. So I want you to be comfortable with what has transpired here. If you have any questions, see me, see some of our leaders. But we are just trying to do the will of God. We're not doing anything for ourselves. Yeah, we are doing for ourselves. We want to be saved. (laughs) And so we're providing a place where we can go. Brother D said it um, on the video. 
We do Zoom prayer. For those of you that have joined us on our Zoom prayer, we do Zoom prayer. But Brother D mentioned that, man, it will be so nice that we can go into our building and pray whenever we want. And so there you go. So it helps us to become spiritual. It helps us to come together. And guess what? We don't have to have two services anymore. Oh, can't wait. That we can just have one service. We will get together, all together, be together, and it will be accommodating to all of us. Aren't you looking forward to that? And we can have time to spend with one another after the service. Because sometimes some of you don't get to see each other because of the two service. So we thank God for that. Church, I love you. God is doing great things in us and through us. Let's trust him for this. Let's trust him for this. If you know someone, don't, don't be shy. Just like I'm standing up here to tell you, there is no way in my life I would be begging people to give no money to nothing. As a matter of fact, I was so terrible that back home in Jamaica, I didn't even want to carry some goods. Back in, the, back in Jamaica, we say carry goods. Men in Jamaica, foreign men probably, probably foreign men, they don't like to carry bags. We just, we, we, we think we too good for carrying bags. So you know we're not going to beg nothing from nobody. We just don't beg. And so to stand here and to boldly say what I say, listen to me, it's because I know what I'm doing. And I'm doing it for the Lord. I would never be able to be this bold to ask you for something for me. I would be just, I couldn't do it. I, I, I never ask nobody for anything. I just do what I got to do. And so the deal is, if I'm asking you, you know it's for God. That's why I can boldly do it. So for you, if you know somebody that, you know, do well financially, I have a packet for you. If you would like one, let me know. I have a packet for you that you can take to someone that you think is financially well off that you can say, listen, our church is doing something great in our community, and we'd like for you to be a partner with us. Will you give and give them a packet? It's a letter in it that's telling them, laying out what we're doing. It's um, a trifold brochure that tells them all the stuff that we do and kind of lay it out with pictures. And then it's this commitment card. Don't forget, you can give all the different ways online. Uh, we didn't put on here, if you want to mail in your giving, you can mail it in. But the card tells you all the ways you can give. Church, thank you. Let me pray again as we go. Fathers, we go from this place. Let your hand be upon us. We pray your protection. We pray your mercy and your grace. I pray that as you have had compassion on us, that we will have compassion on others. Bless and keep us. Will you let your face shine upon us and be gracious unto us as we give you Praise and honor, Lord. We thank you for all you've done that you continue to do in Jesus' name. God bless you, church. I love you dearly. Have a wonderful afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day.